You're listening to Coldo D. Messianic Congregation's weekly podcast. Our services are every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. For more information, like us on Facebook or visit our website at coldod.org. Turn with me, if you would, to Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Father, we pray you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, we pray. Speak to us through your word, by your spirit, now through this uh, topic and anything else you want to today. Thank you so much for being, <clears throat> meeting us here, and we pray we would meet you, Lord, to be transformed, to be molded by you, to be shaped by you, Lord, as clay in the hands of you, the potter, Lord. That's why we're here, Lord, not, not to just to get, but, Lord, to be your vessels in your hands for your shaping. As Paul said in Galatians 4.19, my little children, I travail with you in birth until Messiah be formed in you. Lord, form Messiah in us. Help this be a part of that. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, God can really use, greatly use, new believers to speak to us. Did you know that? Uh, God can, you know, oftentimes a new believer is actually, you know, fresh out of, fresh in the Lord, new in the Lord, and very uncluttered uh, by a lot of religious nonsense and, and things that he, they don't need to be cluttered with, unfortunately, that's happened. And sometimes God can really use new believers to speak to us, they're very, and they're new, newly excited uh, in encountering the Lord. And He can even use pre-believers uh, many times. He really can. Now, the first person I remember to reach out to me recently, very recently, in a very critical decision I had to make uh, over some real serious things going on, the very first person to reach out to me in wise counsel, actually, right here, was a very new believer. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was amazing. Um, look at this. And, and in this chapter 18, we have an encounter, actually a reunion, with Moses and his father-in-law, Jethro. Not to be confused, when, you hear the, when I hear the word, the name Jethro, I don't know about you, but I think of something that will really date me, and that's the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Won't you tell me about a story about a man named Jed, a pure mountaineer, but he kept his family fed. Then one day, was, that's about all I think. Like, sipping that food, and up from the ground come a bubbling crude oil, that is. <laughs> now, I, I remember I was little, but I do remember that. <laughs> It's not Jethro, and I had to look up the name. It was Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies. So it's not that Jethro. His name was actually Yitro. Yitro. Does anyone, anyone else know that Beverly Hillbillies? Okay, so we're good. All right. I'm not the only one. All right. So, um, <laughs> well, anyway, this was Yitro. This was Moses' father-in-law. Now, um, my father-in-law, Francis's father, unfortunately, he went to be with the Lord uh, and my mom, I think within a week of each other. She knows, you know, she's, she has, she's so keeps track so clearly of it, you know, how close, I try to remember. But anyway, but it was in the first year of our, really very soon after we were married. It was very shortly after we were married. It was in that first year. And I did, and he had so much wisdom. I, we had a, we, he, he was not fluent in English, did not speak 
English, uh, and uh, I did not speak Spanish, Espanol, and I wished so much I could have, but I knew, I could knew he had so much wisdom, I could tell, you know, and he had so much love and intelligent and very intelligent man, so much wisdom, and I wish I could have learned so much more from him, you know, I really do. I wish uh, I, we could have sat down and he could have, I could have, but I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but uh, Jethro, this was Moses' father-in-law, and Moses had been, had been wedded to his daughter, um, Zipporah, earlier when, he, when Moses was with them. And so now he comes back to, he hears about what the Lord has been doing through Moses. Moses is at the top of his game, so to speak. Moses has just led the children of Israel out of Egypt and, he had, and God has done miracle after miracle, and Moses is the, the hero of heroes, you know, I mean, everyone, he has put down, he has conquered, it's really not Moses, of course, it's the Lord, but in the eyes of many, Moses has conquered the world's leading power at this point, you know, Pharaoh in Egypt, and so, so he, word spread. Now, how did word spread? I don't know. We don't know. They didn't have the internet. But it spread all the way to where Jethro, Yitro was, and so he comes to seek out Moses and to talk to him. And it says in verse 1, he heard about everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel and how Adonai, the Lord, had brought Israel out of Egypt. And, and it says... Uh, he says, let's read, let's read it. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, mentions his father, that he's his father-in-law, but I believe 14 times, by the way, in the, in the chapter. Wife poor after he sent him away, her two sons. Uh, I have been an outsider to a foreign, in a foreign land, and the name of the other, okay. He says, verse 5, so Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons, his son and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, in the desert, where they were, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And he had told Moses, I, Jeth, Yitro, your father-in-law, am coming to you along with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet. Okay, so this, he heard, hears that God, what God has done. Now this, in bringing Israel out of Egypt, this was the underpinning for Israel's relationship to God and serving God the empowerment, the enablement to follow him that God had brought them out of Egypt. It would be a response of love to an act of love. Deliverance, freedom, redemption through the blood of the Passover lamb, they would be responding to him, our people bowing in gratitude, loving, responding to God. Exodus, two passages mention it further right in this same sequence. Exodus 19, verses 4 through 6. You've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. And then he says, if you heed my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my own treasure. You will be lead to me, a treasure from among all people. You will be to me a kingdom of priests, koanim, and a holy, an amkadosh, a holy nation all because of what I did. Then, and before the Ten Commandments, the Decalogue is given in verse, uh, ch chapter 20, verses 2 and 3, An Anohi, 
I, and that's an emphasis on I rather than ani, anochi is an em more an emphasis. I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. The premise for heeding the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, Ten Words, was the fact that God had purchased the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage, that he'd rescued us from tyranny and slavery and misery with great planning and effort by historic demonstration and power. In other words, because I went to all this trouble to rescue you, you now belong to me. And I anticipate you living now for me. That's kind of the way it reads, is, is, the, is the understanding. So likewise, the foundation of our faith as believers, Jew and Gentile, as, Messiah, as the body of Messiah, as believers, is we are not our own. God has bought us and brought us. It all begins with him, right? I love John 3, 13, 3, when Yeshua says he knew that the Father, before he washed their feet, he knew that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back, returning to God, from God, going back to God, it said. And then he was commenced to serve them, to, to serve, to, to wash their feet. So we were not redeemed for ourselves, but we were redeemed to bring glory to God, right? 1 Corinthians 6, 20, for you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. No other owners, no other possessors, no other saviors. Anochi, anochi. I am Adonai, your God. I'm the Lord, your God. And now that's it. No one else before me. The, the, the commandments follow that. And I'm not talking about the, that today, the commandments. But as is Israel, so are we forever indebted to the one who found us and delivered us. I love that he found us, don't you? Paul, remember Paul corrects himself in Galatians 4, 9. He says, says, uh, says you, I, we came to, you came to know God, and he says, oh, rather, actually, God knew you. God knew you. Hosea, well, this is God's same thing of Israel. God says, uh, Hosea 9, 10, like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel. Like early fruit on a fig tree in its first season, I saw your fathers. Oh, what a beautiful, romantic picture the Lord gives of Israel there. Ezekiel 16, verses 6 and 8, when I passed by you and saw you kicking in your blood, baby born, I said to you, in your blood, live. Yes, I said to you, in your blood, live. Yet you were naked and bare. Again, I passed by you and I saw you, and behold, you were truly, you were, it was truly the time of love. I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I swore to you and entered into a covenant with you, says Adonai, so you became mine. So what did God do for us in Messiah, all of us in Messiah? Think about it. Colossians 1:13 and 14, he has delivered us, just like from Egypt, he delivered us from the power of darkness 
and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Parallel, right? Egypt, out of Egypt, out of darkness, out of power of darkness, into the Son of His love. Galatians 1.4, He gave Himself for our sins, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver or rescue us from this present evil age. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, Right? Yeah, I see some of you quoting it. What a great verse. Uh, you could, Titus 3, verses 3 through 5 is amazing, too. We were once, and it talks about, you know, haters and hateful and all how miserable we were. It says, but when the kindness and mercy of God was revealed, you know, God came to us in Messiah Yeshua. So this is what God has done for us in Messiah. Now, Jethro, back to Exodus 18.1, he heard about everything God had done. And again, no internet. No radio or television. How did he hear? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? No. We, today, how do people hear? How do they learn today about what God has done or what God is doing? Well, think about it. Yeah, social media is a big way. That's why we have to be, we have to put money into social media to reach people. We have to invest. Yes, absolutely, because that's what people are in. So, whether we like it or not, whether we say, well, I'm not going to participate in that because it's of the devil or it's bad, you know, and, you know, I mean, yeah, so much of it's horrible. And, yeah, the studies have done, it's, it's, are showing more and more how horrible it is, and, and, and uh, especially with COVID, with people being shut out and the more, and, and how they, people are getting depressed and how it, uh, there's so many damages. But that's where people are. That's where we have to be then because that's where we're going to reach people. I mean, not only there, but... We have to do everything we can to reach people. And so we need to do it, invest in it. But how about through our lives? Let's not forget the most important thing is through our lives, period. 2 Corinthians 3, verses 2 and 3, it says, You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by everyone. We are walking epistles, walking Bibles, right? Like someone has said, you are a Bible that... Someone, someone might never pick up a Bible, but you're the Bible that they, they're reading. You know, we're the Bible they're reading. Um, written not with ink, but with the spirit, the ruach of the living God on tablets of human hearts. And, and I love this picture. I love this picture in chapter 18 of witnessing and salvation. And this is what I see. This is what I want to focus on in this chapter. He, what it means to share our faith Witnessing some witness, what it means to witness to someone, to share our faith with someone, to share Yeshua with someone, and what it is to, for someone to come to faith, to come to salvation, and what happens. Look at what happens with Moses sharing with Yitro, with, Je with Jethro here. Uh, verses 7 and 8. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. Jethro, it says, So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law. Then he bowed down and he kissed him. They asked each other about their Shalom. Let's say shalom. Yeah, they're shalom. They're well-being. The word means, you know, completeness, wholeness. How are you doing? How are you? You know, are you complete? Let me help. Where are you incomplete? Where are you not whole? How are you, you know, how are you doing? Well, this first they asked about, he asked about, their, they exchanged how, they, how they're doing. Moses told the father, and then Moses told his father-in-law all that Adonai 
had done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, as well as all the travail that had come upon them along the way and how the Lord delivered them. So what a beautiful picture it is. First, asking about the shalom, and then they share about, he shares about what the Lord has done, the miracles, but also the hardship, the pain, the, and then the deliverance. So Moses shares the blessings and also the challenges they'd experienced, ending in God's deliverance. The word natsal, let's say natsal, natsal is the word for deliverance or, or freedom, the freeing, the freeing, what God had done. So authentic relationships share both, don't they? The triumphs and the trials, the deliverances and the difficulties. That's why we have a prayer and praise for him, right? We praise God for the blessings, but we pray and we pray with each other for the hard, over the hardships in health and in sickness. We praise when up and when down. There's a beautiful balance. But may I say, let's always purpose to end in the positive, right? How the Lord delivered them, how the Lord freed them. We always want to, I don't mean to be superficial. I don't mean to be phony by no means. Be, real, be, be legitimate, be honest, but end with the Lord. Always point to the Lord because he does work all things together for good. We do have all the promises of God are yes and amen in Messiah Yeshua, 2 Corinthians 1.20, and the former one is Romans 8.28, of course, and, and nothing can, well, one thing can separate us from the love of God in Messiah Yeshua, right? Romans 8, 38 and 39 says one thing can separate us from the love of am I, Did I get that right? Oh, did I get that wrong? Wait. Oh, oh, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Oh, well, that's pretty good. That's better. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in the Messiah Yeshua. Amen, right? Right, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to All right, get you to think. All right, so nothing. So we always want to end with the Lord. Nothing can separate us from the Lord. So we're going to always end with him. And uh, as someone said, you know, I'd rather be an optimist who's sometimes wrong than a pessimist who's always right. <laughs> uh, okay. So, but really, we, and that's a, there's a beautiful picture there. And then the picture of salvation. So there's witnessing. Here's salvation. Look at verses through 12, uh, 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 going through 12. He rejoiced, Jethro, verse to 9, Jethro rejoiced. Look at his response. He rejoiced for all the goodness that the Lord had shown to Israel. Wow, he does. He's not, he's not a He's becoming a believer here since he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, and now this is one of the, uh, maybe the first benediction, so to speak. He blesses the Lord. Blessed be Adonai who has delivered you out of the hand of the Baruch, Abracha, out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know, oh, I love that, atayadati, ata, let's say atayadati, atayadati, now, atayadati, I know that Adonai is greater, greater than all gods since they had acted arrogantly against them. Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, presents. Now he shows service. He presents a burnt offering. That's an ola. Uh, that's where everything, it's burnt to a crisp. As a, I had a professor once tell me, a Jewish professor, said an ola is the offering, you know, it's burnt to a crisp. Nothing left, totally to God. All goes up to God. Allah is to ascend, you know, ascending the uh, 
like that beautiful, uh, that, like, that was pretty cool, that I don't going up during that prayer time, the, the sing, that worship song, that smoke going up. I don't know how you did that, but that was, and Josiah, Josiah was getting scared. He was like saying, I've got to put out this fire here. It's, it's, it's like, no, he couldn't see it. You probably couldn't see it, right? <laughs> uh, but that was pretty amazing. Well, anyway, uh, so, but this, that's the olah, and this is the burnt offering. And then the sacrifices to God is a, is a, a zevach, I think, is a different word. And uh, zevach, and that is the word meaning to act for a higher purpose. Those were sacrifices eaten by the donor. They were eaten by the donor and the guests. So, beautiful picture of, of uh, sacrifice and then fellowship because now they go and they eat of, they, they, uh, with the, all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses, father-in-law before God. So, what a picture it is here, this salvation. He hears and believes and then confesses and then there's service and then there's fellowship. You see it all there? All there. Believing, you hear. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Or I like Ephesians 1, 13. After you heard the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, and you put... You, when you put your trust in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So we hear, you believed, and you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's salvation. That's what happened. Some, that's what happened to you. I hope you realize that. I don't know. Do you know when it happened to you? Uh, you know, I know for some it may have happened at, I, I think when Joshua Aaron was here, it happened to maybe some people here. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. In the, when he gave that invitation, it may have, I, I know some, someone I think it happened to, he prayed, and you prayed that prayer with someone, so I gave an invitation, and you came to the, you prayed, and something happens, right? I prayed with a man, I remember, I went to argue with him after I saw this film on prophecy, and I went to argue with him and say, I don't believe that, this nonsense, and, and, he, and he went, some, I don't remember what he said, I just know he said after I was praying this prayer, and all of a sudden, I was different. I knew when I went home at night, I went home uh, to my house, and I just knew something was different in me. I said, I knew I had, I seriously, this is the truth, I took all my marijuana, which now isn't illegal and probably not that, <laughs> but I took all my drugs, which I was selling some of them too at that time, and I threw them all in the, flushed it all down the toilet. I'm dead serious. I threw everything, I just knew, I said, this is, this is gone. This is, a, something is different, and it all, all got to go, and there was, and it was the Holy Spirit in me. This was a long time ago. But anyway, that was, but God, that's salvation. That's regeneration, rebirth, the, 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 new, the new life. And it happens, faith comes in here, but you hear the message, Ephesians 1.13, the good news, the Vesorah, the good news, and you put your trust. You believe, you, and now you do something, you confess. And this is that beautiful confession. He says, blessed be the Lord who's delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, Baruch Adonai, Baruch Adonai Asher, and so, so on. Now, if you confess with your mouth Yeshua's Lord, believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. For with the heart is believed, the heart, it is believed for righteousness. With the mouth, it is confessed for salvation. It's the miracle of rebirth. Yeshua said in John 5, 24, Amen, amen, I tell you, he who... Uh, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes or trusts in him who sent me, remember that word trust, emunah in Hebrew, it's in the Hebrew, pastu in the Greek, emunah in the Hebrew, you trust, 
You pass, you shall not come into judgment, but you pass from death to life. Wow, that happens in an instant, in a moment that you pass from death, spiritual death to spiritual life. It's amazing, isn't it? John 5, 24. And now he gives an act of service, an act of service, uh, the burnt offering to God. He's like saying, I belong to you now, Lord. Uh, we are his workmanship, created in Messiah to good deeds, it says, Ephesians 2.10. And now fellowship, the sacrifice of fellowship. Hebrews 3.13 says, do it as much as you can until daily if you can. But fellowship, we need each other. And Hebrews 10.25 says, not neglecting, this is the complete Jewish Bible translation, uh, not neglecting our own congregational meetings as some have made a practice of doing, but rather encouraging each other. And let us do this all the more as you see the day approaching, Hayom, the day of judgment approaching. Assembling means is sunago in the Greek where we get the word synagogue, the synagoguing of ourselves together, so to speak, is how it really could translate it. It means to bring together. Kahal, uh, kahila, to, means that where we get kahila, the congregation, is to gather, to come together, to implement a plan. That's why we're having these classes. We imp, we're together to implement a plan. And uh, same thing with ekklesia, the word for assembly in the Greek. It means to call, be called out to gather together for a purpose. It's not just random. It's for a purpose. And the, the plan is to assemble, to build up in reach, and then outreach to go into Reach, reach out. And so what a beautiful story. Now we have in Acts 16 an amazing story, which I don't have time to go into today because I, I took too long on the other stuff. But, uh, but if you read when you go home today, for the rest of Shab later Shabbat, maybe you'll read Acts 16 where Paul um, is traveling, Paul with Timothy, and uh, Acts 16, 6 through onward, 6 through 15, and they're traveling, and the Spirit of God leads them. They're, he has a vision of a man from Macedonia calling him to help us, come over and help us. And they go, so they change their route because they're blocked from going one way, and they go another way. They go to Macedonia to respond to the vision that they have, and, in, and they get to Macedonia, and they go on Shabbat down to the water to be with women who are praying. And the thing is, where's the man? There's never a man. The man never appears. God has a woman named, do you remember anyone know her name? Lydia, right. Lydia of Thyatira. She's a businesswoman, a very successful businesswoman. She's the one there who meets him. And he starts speaking with these women. And Lydia, God opens her heart up and she responds, um, and it could be that this, and she becomes a believer, she and the whole congregation emerges from that. It could be that this Lydia is the one who brought the gospel to her hometown because later there's a congregation, Revelation 2, in Thyatira. So we don't know. But she was the first person to, recorded to have been, become a believer in Europe, interestingly enough, even though she's a native of Asia Minor. So beautiful uh, story there of how God was, he was open to that. Now, <clears throat> I want to mention this before I finish. Um, many of you know the, the actor, and I, I should have 
grabbed a picture of him on my slides, and I didn't. But Jewish actor uh, Bob, is it Saget? Saget? Bob Saget. I almost mentioned him last week. Uh, sitcom Full House. I never watched that series, but, but uh, I certainly knew of knew Bob Saget. And he died recently at 65 years old, not too old. He lost his sister at 47 uh, to a disease. Francis knew about it. She said she, she was well aware of that. Uh, an undiagnosed, uh, undiagnosed, sadly, called uh, scleroderma, scleroderma. And he only survived, he, he shared in an interview shortly before his, um, shortly just before his death, he shared in an interview there that he only survived through humor because um, uh, it was so painful having lost his sister at 47 and, and, and raising funds for the disease. He made it a mission of his life to, you know, help raise money for curing that disease. <clears throat> and only a week or so before his departure, he said his friend, uh, co-star Betty White, died at 99, and she talked about being reunited with her, her I guess her husband, and he made this statement, and I wrote it down. When I heard the statement, I said, oh, my gosh, I had to write this down. He said, I don't know what happens when we die, he said, but if Betty says you get to be with the love of your life, meaning her husband, then I happily defer to Betty on this. I don't know what happens when we die. And, you know, Bob Saget, he, he grew up, he was raised in, the, in a um, neighborhood literally like right next to mine, like five, five, ten minutes from where I lived. And he was so typical of the people that I grew up with, so typical. And I just thought, I want to use that and just say, how important is it for us to share Yeshua with our people? And with everybody, because so many of our people, so many of the people I grew up with would say the same thing. I don't know what happens when we die. I really don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and maybe no one has shared with Yeshua with them, or maybe someone has, but they, or maybe they've been afraid to say, because they say, no, I'm Jewish. Thank you. That's, that's for, share it with a Christian. Share it with someone else. That don't talk Jesus to me. Yitro says, now I know. Ata yadati. Now I know. Now I know. Because he heard about what the Lord had done, and he was convinced now of the God of Israel will become his God. He became a believer in Moses' God now for sure. And what a blessing when people come to know the Lord. Amen. What a blessing it is. Naaman said to Elijah when he returned to the man of God, he said, behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Well, the next day it says in 1813 that God uses Yitro, a brand new believer, and perhaps one with a very sinful background because the rabbis disagree as to Yitro's position in Midian. They, many, they, they, many think that he had been the high priest of all idolatries, the leading idolater. We don't know. This is just rabbinic speculation. But they believe he may be the leading idolater but later, after he, after he leaves Moses and goes back home, he proclaimed that worship of an idol was foolish and he was excommunicated by the Midianites. Again, legend, we don't know, but he, we do know he became a believer by this, this scripture account. 
God used him to now counsel Moses on leadership and on, on really on a whole judiciary, on forming a whole organization of a whole judiciary, used him to give him divine wisdom from the Lord, all because Moses uh, received him and shared with him the good news. So, Father, we thank you today that you've given us the gospel, that we can share the good news with others. Thank you for this beautiful story of Yitro and how you use people, Lord. And thank you for, help us, Lord, not to lose, miss the opportunity of sharing our faith with others, sharing Yeshua with others. Help us not to hold back. Help us to use, to ask about their shalom, to care about their welfare, and help us to share who you are and what you've done so that they can know you as well as we've come to know you. Amen. Amen.